Hi, welcome to Life Hurts Got Heals. I'm one of your hosts, Kim Ward, and today we're going to go on what originally kind of felt like a bunny trail. Funny how uh, how God works through the bunny trails, how he uses the Holy Spirit in ways we didn't expect, sometimes in what could seem like a waste of time. But this was one of those ones where we started off talking about one thing on our last episode, and the Holy Spirit just completely led us in a different direction. So join us as we we hear a lot more about what God was revealing to us in part two of Where is God My Struggle with Physical Disease? And we're going to pick it up right where we left off. So I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy, but I also wouldn't trade this for anything where I am. Because what God has taught me in this is to slow down. Not too long ago, I had a reputation for being like the Energizer Bunny. I could go all day, all night, and not get tired. And that sounds great, but also it comes with a price. It comes with a lack of focus. For instance, I've had a nickname of Ready, Fire, Aim, right? Where there's all these irons in the fire, because if one doesn't work out, these will, right? Yeah. So Because that's relying on the energy. Yeah. Rather than slowing down and being still before God more. Like, and I have a reputation, as my wife said, of prayer. So that's an amazing thing. But God's like, there's more. Yeah. There's always deeper steps. There's always more going on below the surface that I need to uncover and heal you of. So that you could be healthy in whole mind, body, and spirit. Yeah. Right? Which is what this is all about. Life hurts, God heals. It's the wholeness of soul. I believe personally, this is just my personal belief, that the soul is, is, the, is the complexity of all of our systems. Mm. Like the word shalom, when Jesus spoke shalom, it meant completeness. Yeah. Complete harmony, complete peace in every aspect of you. And so the body is really just a system of systems, right? Yeah. Nervous system, circulatory system, <laughs> you know, all these systems. What if the soul is just the system of all the systems, the mind and all the systems there, yeah. and all our thinking processes, the spirit, which for me, I just think spirit like will. Yeah. Like, you know, when you say someone's really spirited, high-spirited, they, they have a strong will, right? Yeah. A strong spirit. The soul is just this completeness of all these things. And what if in this season, as God is slowing me down physically so that I can slow down mentally, emotionally, spiritually, relationally, and pay more attention so the seven has a hard time with being present in the moment. Yeah. They're always future-oriented, looking, planning for the future things to avoid the pain. God has slowed me down to face what my wife is really strong at, to face things yeah. and be present and then and, and see that as an invitation to, to face the pain, face the anxiety, face the worry that all that energy was running around ignoring because yeah. I could. God is like... Kurt, I'm calling you all of this anxiety that you're hiding from, all of this worry, this disease you struggle with is an invitation mm -hmm. to be still and know that I am God. To see that your anxiety 
is not something to avoid, that it is literally an emptiness. That's an invitation. What is empty? An invitation to fill up on God's love. So anxiety is an emptiness. It's experiencing an emptiness in that moment of God's love. It is not an indictment that you're anxious or worried or fearful or feeling shame. That's not meant to be an indictment. That's meant to be an invitation. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. For I am humble and lowly in spirit. Love that. Mm. So no matter how humbled I feel in this season, Jesus says, I'm lower still. So come be with me. Be still. And as you do, you'll find me. You'll see me in these things that you're afraid to face. When you sit with them, and give and see them as invitation. You'll give them to me, and there we have conversation. Yeah, all of it is invitation and conversation. Even in prayer, how many of us struggle with prayer? Because the minute we sit down to be still before God, we get distracted by a million thoughts, right? Yeah, and we feel guilty about that and try to push them aside, ignore them, like they're not there. Yeah. And God has now shown me. Don't push any of that aside. And even the distracting thoughts when you're praying yeah. and you feel distracted, don't push those aside either. Like, you can push them aside and try, oh, okay, I can't focus because I'm so distracted. I've had so many people tell me, I don't pray a lot. I don't get still with God because all the thoughts come in and I just get distracted anyway. Yeah. But what if those thoughts are actually invitation? What if those distracting thoughts that you're trying to push aside in prayer or fearful thoughts, or feelings? What if it's all meant to be invitation? What if that you're sitting there trying to be still with God, and you're thinking about the grocery list, and you're like, oh, i got to not think about that. But what if God is like, that's invitation. Talk to me about the grocery list. What if it's an invitation to bring it before God, and then and leaving the grocery list with God. And what if you find that he starts pointing out things on the list that you're missing? <laughs> or he mentions something, you know, completely what you would think is unrelated, but something that the grocery list leads to something else that he wants to talk to you about. Yeah. I find that they're actually conversation starters. They're not distractions. In fact, sometimes it's the Holy Spirit actually prodding you in those areas that we're now ignoring and putting aside and that's the beauty of this for me this allowed me to be more present with god to slow down like not only in getting out of chairs (laughs) and walking up and down stairs and walking places even you know it takes me longer to put on my shoes and socks or pain Mm -hmm. you know i'm like kung fu panda and he says no uh stairs my old nemesis right Stairs. Uh, Why is it always stairs? My socks are my old nemesis, too. They're <laughs> hard to get socks on these days. Yeah. I have so much weakness, not just in my legs, but in my hands. Yeah. But in that slowing down, I'm more present yeah. to God's presence, to see Him in the moment, and to let Him in, and to have more conversations. And when I do, God brings more peace. That's what he speaks. He speaks in peace. He doesn't speak in condemnation. He wants to point out the condemnation that we've equated to him yeah. and say, no, that's not me. 
um, that's an empty place that I want to fill with my love. I want to, so ask me for a greater experience in my love. One day I was like, I was really struggling with grief over yeah. this and everything that's happened in our church community. And I felt one day like Job, sitting in ruins and ash. Yeah. And, and in that place and just inviting God into that. And sitting there in that and really feeling that, which is really hard for a seven. Yeah. Really feeling that, inviting God into that, and being present to that pain and grief. I heard Jesus very clearly say, Stop robbing me. Stop stealing from me. I'm like, What? And then instantly I knew what he was talking about. Everything you call yours. And I say, My failure my shame, my sin, my worry, my anxiety, my disease, mm. my, my, my. He says, hey, didn't we do this thing at the <laughs> cross? Didn't you come to me three decades ago mm. and trade all of that? Didn't you give it to me? We made this trade where you gave that to me and I gave you my resurrection power. Mm. Isn't that what happened? We made a trade. I took all of your shame, all of your sin, all of your failure, and I gave you my victory and my life. Yeah. So why are you taking that back and calling it yours? That's thievery. <laughs> That's theft. Yeah. It's not been yours for three decades. <laughs> it's mine. So stop calling it yours. So this is not my disease. It's Jesus's. It's his problem. <laughs> and my grief and my fear is not mine. It's his. It's an yeah. invitation to give it back. Powerful. Would I have had that experience, Kim, if I wasn't struggling with this? If I hadn't stopped being Energizer Bunny and been Kurt in stillness and known he is God? In a deeper way. Yeah. This humility that I'm finding that he's giving me is his, but it's mine now. Yeah. It's and funny, I was going to bring it back to that. When we're talking about God saying, I am lowly and humble in heart, and we're talking about humility, I think it's a word that gets tossed around in church a lot. We always think it's, oh, it's putting ourselves down, and, you know, the definition's gotten kind of skewed. Right. To this, oh, I just have to think less of myself. And, you know, C.S. Lewis says it's not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. Yes. But then there's also the definition I was given when I was in YWAM, which I think very, very much applies to what we're talking about because it applies to who God is and who He calls us to be. He said, true humility is knowing for sure who you are. Yes. And then being known by everyone else the same way and that is exactly what God invites us to do to know him fully and then reflect that back he's like look if I am love if I am grace if I am peace if I don't condemn who are you to do what I don't do right that's pride actually and that is pride and the opposite which means that the opposite is true he's like if I'm not condemning you then you don't get to condemn you either right so in my impatience, when I'm impatient with myself, yeah. when I'm impatient with God, mm. 
then I have come out of alignment with his infinite. If he has infinite patience, I've come out of alignment and I'm empty. Yeah. And I'm out, now I'm getting depressed, right? Because I'm impatient with what I want, believe God has even showed me or whatever, right? Yeah. But when I sense that impatience, that pride, then it is an invitation to come and fill up again with his love in those places. It's all invitation. Yeah. And humility is saying what Colossians 3.12 says of us, that we are chosen, holy, and Mm -hmm. beloved. So if I walk around saying, hey, I'm chosen by God, I'm beloved, and I'm holy, that sounds prideful, but it is actually humility because I'm agreeing with what God says about me. Yeah. And... It's who he is. He is holy, right? He is love. The more I agree with who God says I am, Mm -hmm. and I'm the image of God, I'm his thumbprint. I am pointing out who God is. So it's it's not pride. It's actually worship. I am holy and beloved because he is holy love. Yeah. And then I go right into every morning clothing myself and all as this chosen one, holy and beloved. I go right into Colossians 3, 12 through 15 and clothe myself in all of who he is. I see all of that in Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit. Those are all God's qualities. They're not, none of them is to-do list, things I have to do. That's obligation. They are invitation. Yeah. They are to be, cl- I am invited to clothe myself in God is, right? John 1, 12. For those who receive him, for those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And the way I, I read that, for those who receive, continually receive all of who God is to them mm. and believe in his authority, that he has the right to hold this power and give it away. They have the right to be children of God. That's humility. Humility is knowing I have no power. I am empty. I am desperately dependent on God in every moment, but I am also a child of God who's been given all the power I need. And if there's anything I've learned in this season is to walk in power and authority and to even pray, not just prayers of intercession for people, but to pray authoritative power prayers. In the power and authority I've been given, I bless you with peace. I bless you with harmony and completeness. I bless you with greater faith, growing faith. I bless you with a greater experience of God's love. So every day I ask. I used to be afraid to say that I don't love like God does because that created insecurity Mm. in me. Pride and insecurity are two sides of the same coin. If I'm feeling insecure, it's because I'm holding something, trying to control something that's not mine. Hmm. What people think of me, results, future, those are all God's realm. They used to create insecurity to go, I don't love like you, God. Well, duh, of course I don't love like God. He's infinite love, I'm finite. So now it's an invitation. Now when I go, I don't even know if I know what love is. I feel the invitation every time I think that, oh man, I... I'm, I'm acting impatient. I, I don't love this person like I should. I don't love my wife like I should. God, I need a greater experience of your love. 
if I recognize that I don't love like God does, isn't that invitation to come and fill up in his love? Because the more I receive, the more I reflect. Yeah. So it's not a selfish prayer at all. It's actually, it is not a prideful prayer. It is not a selfish prayer. It is actually a selfless prayer, right? When we receive God, all of God's infinite love for us in a moment, it's too big. <laughs> so it overflows and we share it. It's what human beings were wired to do. When we're excited about something, we're telling everybody, <laughs> right? When yeah. we're really excited, it's not about obligation. I got to tell everybody I'm a Green Bay Packers fan. What a burden. What an obligation, right? No. It's the opposite. Or we find something really cool. We find a good doctor in a place where there's just a lot of sucky doctors. That's not a personal experience at all. (laughs) What do we do? We tell everybody, go to this doctor. Go to this vet. Very amazing. Yeah. That's not obligation. That's joy. Yeah. And this is what happens when we ask God for a greater experience of his love for ourselves. It overflows, and we want everyone to feel what we're feeling. Yeah. That's the beauty and the gift of this season. And the more this disease reminds me that I'm poor in spirit, the more it leads me to be still before God, the more it leads me to confess in that stillness that I don't love like Him, and the more I receive it and I reflect it. So I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy but I wouldn't trade it for the world, for anything. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's, I will say, I mean, obviously I've heard a lot of this. Of course. Before. (laughs) Multiple times. That's what happens when you do life and ministry together, is you get to hear the same thing. But it hits me every, every time with the reminder God was this morning. He's like, no, you both need each other. Mm -hmm. Because I was pulling my usual, I'm like, couldn't you find someone better for Kurt than me? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that sounds like pride, kid. I know. <laughs> Don't worry. He already kind of already went. Well, if what did you just talk about with Kurt yesterday? He's like, I don't just trust you with those kids. I trust you with Kurt. And I was just like, oh, okay. But hence the tears and the waterworks. You want me to blow your mind? Huh. I've never told you this. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm gonna say it on air. Oh, of course. So, in looks, Kim, Hmm. you look like my stepmom, who was one of the people that created a a lot of wounds for me, who called herself a Christ follower and told me when I was 13 I was going to hell. Hmm. Out of the blue, right? Yeah. Created a lot of wounds, and I said, if that's a Christ follower, I'm never going to be one. Well, God's done a lot of work in healing these last few years, especially Hmm. my relationship with my parents. Yeah. And guess who he's using Someone who looks like my stepmom in some ways, who I have such an incredible love for and relationship with, is changing the dynamics of how I see my stepmom. Hmm. You have no idea how much God is using you in my life. To be the safe place when she was the very opposite. You are a safe place. And God has made me a safe place for you. But you are a safe place for me, too, who resembles a woman who is not a safe place for me. Can you see how God is using you to change the dynamics of that relationship? Mm. Never told you that, have I? No. 
think at some point you told me I looked like one of your stepsisters a little bit or something. Yeah, well, that's your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Right after I said that, I was like, uh, yeah, that makes sense. So see, you got to stay tuned to Life First God Heals. Listen to every one of them because there's revelations that happen. <laughs> <laughs> but seeing God work and move in your life in the course of this, and then of course having to wrestle through it myself on the opposite side of it, you know, like God's doing so much, you know, and it's a blessing to me, despite the occasional pain, to get to see what God is doing in the middle of this in your life. Mm. You know, to get to experience and get to learn all these lessons and, you know, things that I wouldn't necessarily think of. And see all the other people that that you're impacting, like, with the house church that you and I attend, with, you know, just random people, with mutual friends, seeing, you know, all these things that have changed mm. because of this just in the last, gosh, two years. You know, I mean, obviously longer for the two of us, but especially in the last two years. Yeah. You know, it's not something either of us would have expected. Certainly, as you said, not something you'd wish on your worst enemy. But to see God move and work in that has just been incredible Mm. and life changing for me. And I know I could write out a list decently long of people just in our immediate circle who it's impacted. You know, God obviously knew what he was doing in trusting you with this. Mm. And on that note, now that we've made it, just make both of ourselves all nice and teary. Yeah. As usual, you more than me. <laughs> but just wrapping it up, is there any... We've covered so much, so I'm not sure if there's really anything we're missing. I don't... doesn't feel like it. <laughs> But is there is there anything else you feel like you've missed or that you haven't touched on that you wanted to or No, I feel I mean that's a good question, first of all. I acknowledge that as a good question. I would say that's enough. Yeah. Which is saying a lot for seven. Is never is enough oh, is never enough. Man. If if having, you know, two eggs is good, then having twenty eggs should be better. You know, yeah, great. Yeah. That's a seven mentality, right? Yeah. And I think there's always going to be more in this conversation yeah. down the line. Yeah, no, I think this is I think this is enough for now. All right. Well, then, on that note, I know it's going to bless other people, so I'm looking forward to seeing what God does through all of this, too. Yeah, me too. Thanks for asking great three questions. <laughs> I might have done more in three, but not many. Yeah, maybe five. Yeah. The darn the, the hard part about interviewing someone who's used to interviewing, they kind of self-interview occasionally. Yeah. You did great, though. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Life Hurts, God Heals. Before you go, let me ask you a question. Are you stuck in any way in your life? Whether it's being stuck in past wounds that you can't seem to get over, or whether it's just being stuck in certain patterns of thinking and behaving now that you just can't seem to get past, or you feel stuck when it comes to the future, you want to know what God has for you and how to move into that. Well, let me help you with that. As a coach, my goal is to help you discover who God made you to be. What is your unique identity? 
Let me help you discover that because everything else you want out of life flows from that. If you're interested in having a consultation with me, you can reach me at coachkurt777 at gmail.com. That's coachkurt as in C-O-A-C-H-K-U-R-T 777 at gmail.com. Until next time, remember, you are God's beloved, so be loved. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.